passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the 18 that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Way take the mic. Hello, everybody. It's John Pollock here alongside waiting live with rewind a raw. From Milwaukee tonight, a show that featured five matches and two segments promoted in advance. Seven for seven tonight. We got them all. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. That's great. And we got a lineup for next week. What's going on? You know, maybe it's the holiday season. Um, uh, you know, try to make up for the rest of the year by, you know, hitting them all. Um, maybe Vince is just busy. Like, no, maybe he's not day. busy. Maybe he's just sitting around waiting to tape these awful segments, and he's like starting to like write out the show for next week. Well, I mean, I'm, I was more suggesting the fact that he's not changing these things last minute. So mm-hmm. maybe he's just like getting to the arena late because he's busy holiday shopping, um, and you know doesn't have time to cut up the script. I think these. Ent- I think I I have figured out the entire point of these Vince. Uh, segments and it's strictly for memes like that is it from like the ho 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 to tearing up the paper uh i I think this are people memeing these i I think i think i think they're in this for the long haul i think they're they're looking for this down the road that these will be uh of value somehow memes memes are pretty quick to appear so have people been memeing any of these i don't know i don't know i'm i'm offline most 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 hours yeah i don't know he should get on tiktok Vince McMahon, the Vince McMahon TikTok. Well, maybe this is all the precursor. Austin Theory is going to introduce Vince McMahon to TikTok. Great idea. Great idea. All right. We've got a great show. I don't know if it's going to be a great show. Maybe it will be. We'll determine that at the end. You will determine that. We we can't say if it's a great show or not. We we can do do our best. Well, it's going to be great simply because it's going to be the last one of the year, John. Oh, that's right. Rewind Raw this year. Because Way was so upset that AJ and Omos are going to get, um, they're going to come to blows next week. He's refusing to do the show out of protest. So, uh, yes, we will, uh, next week is going to be a, a much more quiet week uh, at Post Wrestling. So, uh, we will not be doing uh, a lot of our it's, shows next John, week. It's it's a monumental week, okay? Because for the first time in our history, we're actually going to take you and I both together the week off, which has never happened before. I don't think it's ever even happened during the law. So we're doing it. All right. All right. That sounds good. Um, I'm looking forward to it very, very much. Uh, I'm I'm in the midst of uh, today was just crazy. But I think after all these years, I, I figured out how to how to I, I was very down last week on Raw. I think we can all uh, it, that came through. But tonight I found the 
magical combination is, uh, so I, I was out tonight because anyway, for, for, for many reasons I had to do my, my Christmas stuff with my family today. So I was out and I ended up having like three coffees tonight and I was exhausted when I got home. And when I sat down to watch Raw, I was like, this is going to be the longest show in history. And at like 9.15 p.m., it was like um, my brain was just hit with every ounce of this coffee. And suddenly I was like, I started the show at 8.45, perfect time to start Raw. It took me over two hours to catch up live. And this show was a much easier watch for me. Because of the coffee, the three coffees. Yeah, I, I have not had a coffee in the evening in a long, long time. So it was like, um, it just, it, it will probably wreck my sleep in a couple of hours. But, but for now, what, what a, what a great piece of uh, advice for those that want to just uh, surf through raw at a quick, rapid pace. Yeah, I sometimes, uh, you know, I definitely do find like my energy level uh, matches, um, maybe how attentive i can be for a show Mm -hmm. so i i and and often i wonder like man does am i giving like a fair opinion am i giving a fair assessment of a show if i'm tired you know if i'm not like if i don't have three coffees in my system or am i giving a fair opinion if i do have three coffees in my system at 11 o'clock in the evening you know like uh, i mean in the end we could just really kind of you know describe how we watch the show um, but you know, maybe at some point we, we kind of, you know, provide a bit of a cross section of, of, of various amount of people that are watching this. Um, and maybe there are people out there, you know, with three coffees also in their system watching this at 11 o'clock. Could be, I mean, listen, um, there are, there, there are many, many drinks that can get you through raw. Um, sometimes ours is caffeinated. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. I also, I, I threw in a tea there, non-caffeinated tea as well. So oh, three coffees and one tea. Why not? You know what I mean? Like oh, you've nice. got you've got one heart. Like why not you put the absolute max amount of stress onto it? Uh but this week it's gonna be heart pumping action here at postwrestling.com. what a week. Okay? This this is gonna be one one for the ages. We are are saying goodbye to 2021 with a mega lineup of shows Tuesday night. You, Tuesday. You, what's that? Yeah. Tuesday. Yes, please, go on. Tuesday night. I'm excited about this. The live review of Spider-Man No Way Home starring Wei Ting, accompanied by WH Park and John Cena live at 10 p.m. Eastern for patrons. You have seen the movie and now everybody has to wait 24 hours to find out if you like this thing. Sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. WH and I earlier today went out to catch this film uh, during a matinee uh, viewing Stayed away from spoilers for the most part throughout the entire weekend. And then tomorrow, I mean, we were going to record today, but then we decided, you know what? Um, I don't want to do this too close to Raw. So let's do this tomorrow. And if we're going to do it tomorrow, we're probably going to record at 10. And that means we have to do it through Zoom, which means we could probably invite a bunch of other people on. So that's what we're going to do. Tuesday, 10 o'clock Eastern for all patrons. And we're even going to toss in a bit of John Cena after that as well. So, um Apologies, you know, just let me say here to our friends at Up Next, who I, I know that's kind of their time slot. We're, we're going to have to go head to head, but um, it's it was the, the time slot that worked the best. So Is, is Braden doing the show tomorrow? That's a great question, actually. I don't even know. I'm not sure what, what Davey's plan is. 
They don't keep us in the loop. So um, hmm. it, it's a mystery up next on Tuesday night. Uh, Way and I will be back on Wednesday night uh, for Rewind to Dynamite. Uh, same day as Shot in the Dark will drop with uh, the great John Cena, who's all over the place this week. Thursday. Man, look at this. The big fat wrestling quiz of 2021. Martin Bushby, um, the man of a thousand show ideas. He will be hosting a special game show on Thursday going through trivia from the year 2021 with teams of two striving to survive. Benno and Andy Ogden will take on Andrew Thompson and Kate from Montreal who will take on John Ceno and Davey Portman. It is a three-way battle for intellectual superiority here at Post Wrestling this Thursday, the big fat wrestling quiz of 2021 that will be out on the British Wrestling Experience feed. It's very exciting. Absolutely. Yeah, they always do a great job with their quizzes. Um, And I always look forward to hearing the rest of the Post personalities mix in with the BWE. MCU later will be see, saying see you later to Hawkeye, which will be wrapping up this week, dropping early Wednesday morning, correct? On Disney no. Plus? Oh, oh, you mean our show? Like no, our no, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about the episode, the actual episode itself. Correct. Yeah, you're right. Okay. I'm on, I'm on top of this way. Uh, so you will be joined by like 5,000 guests, including WH Park, Nate Milton, and J.P. Houlihan from the mm-hmm. Grapple Spotlight podcast. You're just, uh, man, you're just opening the doors this week. Tons of people coming on your shows. It's the holidays, you know? It's a time to just, you know, welcome people in. Like, I I don't know about you, John. Like, I've had people, like, drop by to, like, pass off cards and gifts and bagels, you know? All, what? Like, all week, yeah. At, at your house? Well, no, like we went oh. to to pick those up, but like, oh, it's. It, I, I would love if someone just knocked on my door and said, "Hey, here's some bagels." <laughs> you would eat them, honestly, if a stranger dropped bagels off. Not a stranger, like if a neighbor did, I would I would take their word for it. Mm, okay, yeah, neighbor food, sure. Anyway, what what a what a horrible way to go. The Boys man ate the man ate an unsolicited bagel from yeah. a stranger. He choked on a poppy seed, and he was gone. Terrible. Yes. Okay. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, MC, double dose of MCU later this week. I mean, it's a big week for comic book TV shows at the MCU with Spider-Man, of course, and also the finale of Hawkeye. So we'll probably be talking a lot of spoilers, a lot of crossover potential things, you know, and maybe we'll we'll shut the door on the term forbidden door, uh, at least after one more week. And then Friday, ladies and gentlemen, the post-wrestling Christmas show will be released. Uh mm-hmm. One way or the other. Uh, so that is coming out on Friday. Huge show. And it mean, will. What do you mean one way or, or the other? Okay. So every year, usually when I do these, like, um, it, it's a lot of work, but I always find, like, you, I'm sure you've had this experience way in your, your vast editing uh, trials and tribulations that sometimes just things come together, things work, and it's just like you feel you have luck, luck on your side. This year, it's the complete opposite. There, there's so much that has gone wrong, and uh, but it's all going to come together. Don't you worry. It's a, uh, it's 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 a very abstract picture in my mind, but I feel once once we tighten it and have the finished product, it'll be a work of art. That's it my like, faith. It feels like this is always the case. There's always like a lot of drama leading up to it. We don't know if it's going to get done, but ultimately, it gets done. You know. So we need a documentary. We need Peter Jackson to cut to cut a, a five hour documentary about your 
editing process. It, it would be very boring. I don't think people would get through 20 minutes of it. Um, but you can f- uh, find out on Friday uh, as well. Jingle contest. Uh, the, the submissions are due Tuesday at 10 a.m. Eastern in just a couple of hours. Submit them on the forum. Uh, we've got some new submissions today. You could also send them by email if you uh, prefer that way. John at postwrestling.com. The return of Garov. That's all I'm going to say. Um, so the jingle contest will be part of the Christmas show. And then the week wraps up with WrestleNomics Radio with Brandon Thurston and Chris Gullo as uh, post-wrestling will be uh, winding down. We will have shows out next week. Uh, stay tuned for that. But uh, this is uh, this is the last uh, full week of operation here at post-wrestling uh, until the new year. I'm already until- on vacation, John. Like, in my mind, I'm already, like, you know. You're I've done. Got, I've got you're done. suitcase packed. Like, I'm, you know, it's like that last week at school where you're, like, Whatever, like you know, yeah, dude. I dude. I love the Friday before Christmas holidays. It was the best. It was just the greatest. It was like the teachers were, uh, they were just pounding back liquor. It was it was a great time of the year. I I don't want to bog down the the plugs too much longer, but we do have. No, uh, keep plugging, keep plugging. Well, okay, then please allow me to continue. Newbie and Wrestling Advocates dropped a new episode this past weekend that was highly, highly entertaining. Uh, with 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 all of our friends on the NWA, just wrapping up the year in review. So I encourage people to check that out. Well, of course, we also have an addition of postmarks on the Post Wrestling Cafe feed, where David and Bruce interviewed Hanzi, which I found very enlightening. Just a lot of really great shows, and of course, Chris Gullo and Brandon Thurston on this week's WrestleNomics. Some predictions, um, predicting you know a lot of uh, what might could be what we'll be talking about what they'll be talking about perhaps in 2022 so a lot of awesome shows but uh we will have daily updates throughout the entire week of course and on thursday john we actually have a very special guest don't we wednesday wednesday i'm sorry i screwed up yes dr alex patel will be returning on wednesday show live at one eastern youtube.com slash post wrestling uh very happy to have uh, Dr. Patel uh, returning. He's always been super gracious with his time. If you're active on the forum, uh, you will know he has been uh, uh, j- just a uh, a tremendous, tremendous resource for so many people throughout the uh, the pandemic. And, um, you know, it's it's always great to talk to him. Unfortunately, when we put out the signal to come back on, it usually means like there's bad stuff to talk about. So um, it's uh, mm-hmm. it's a uh, bittersweet. It, it is. But, you know, I think learning and understanding especially yes. from somebody yes. who can who can you know just like explain things as, as as clearly and who's as close to the situation as dr patel always puts my mind at ease a little bit more so we'll put that out on the post daily news update for wednesday and that'll be available on all feeds all right go find everything at postwrestling.com. Lots of stuff up there today from andrew thompson and on tuesday's news update we have uh, tons of stuff to talk about ratings Ratings, ratings, ratings. Uh, We'll be talking about that and all the latest news. So check us out live, 1 Eastern on Tuesday. Monday Night Raw from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. The Fisserv Forum, if I'm getting my pronunciations uh, correct. The Fisserv, F-I-S-E-R-V. F-I-S-E-R-V. I I almost prefer Crypto.com to something like that. Who's going to know how to pronounce that? I would, I would much that? rather, yeah, Crypto.com Arena just rolls off the tongue a lot easier than the Fisserv Forum. Yeah, Sounds say like, that, uh, like, try saying that to the, to your Uber, like, when you're, or, or your taxi when you're trying to get to the thing. Way we, 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 uh, we got the results back from the x-ray, and um, you have a severe grade three Fisserv. Is that good? Oh, shit, not a Fisserv. That good or bad? <laughs> That's, that does not sound good. It does not sound good. Uh, 
we opened up the show. I don't know why this caught my eye so much, but there was like this sign very prominent. Uh, someone put a lot of time into this that just said, simply said, Bobby Trashley. Clever. Nice. If this dude signed and went to NXT 2.0, very likely that this would have mm. been uh, Bobby Trashley uh, hanging out with like uh, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen. Mm. Yeah. Bobby Trashley. Cool. Yeah. The zinger. Cool. Lashley, Trashley. And MVP came out to start the show, and MVP recapped Lashley's wins last week, comparing it to the the feat of if this man had run a Boston Marathon and won the race, then went and got a triple-double in the NBA Finals, and then did five rounds with Francis Ngannou and knocked him out, which, I mean, to be a, a little critical, if he went five rounds he'd be getting a decision against Francis Ngannou. He couldn't knock him out if he went five rounds with Could have been Francis a last Ngannou. minute, last second knockout. But then are you really going five rounds with him? So you, so in your mind, you got to go the full five. You know, you can't go 459 KO. Like, that's not a five-rounder to you? Um, I just, I don't see that being likely. Could, but, I mean, he did just run a Boston Marathon and, and play a fucking NBA game on in, top of it. So NBA's, maybe... In MVP's mind, he's got a very specific situation where, uh, I mean, it's a buzzer beater KO mm-hmm. that knocks out Francis Ngannou, like, after the bell, almost. And they, they, I, they technically call it a knockout. Yes. I, I think if you were following Bobby Lashley's MMA career, I, I, I don't think it would be a knockout. I mean, it would probably be a lot of... Uh, I, I wouldn't want to watch five rounds of Bobby Lashley and Francis Ngannou. That would stylistically probably not be the most... Uh, appealing fight but th- this is a this is a remarkable feat that we saw last week and this put it into context yeah, it was the same thing basically yeah similar biggie interrupts him and um congratulates bobby lashley by stating hats off and cheese curds to you mm. he notes that bobby lashley is very dominant and the man has a lot of sisters he refers to mvp as iceberg slim and he's surprised that he got caned in the knee when Lashley usually does the job all by himself. But maybe he doesn't have the plums. Lashley refers to him as Little E. And he doesn't need any help, but he'll take the victory regardless of whether MVP gets involved or not. And Lashley brings up how MVP said he would beat Big E if Lashley would not last week. So Lashley's going to put this to the test and wants MVP to face Big E. MVP is going to have the the leg up here because he's got the cane and Lashley just goes to watch this match from the floor and gets jumped by Owens and Rollins. So the match never happens and Owens and Rollins end up uh, destroying Lashley and then they attack Big E and they go for the stomp on Lashley, but is stopped by Big E and Lashley and E fight them off together as uh, Bobby Lashley was... Pretty much full-on babyface this show, which was uh, just building off of like his presentation the last few weeks. Yeah, I would say so. You know, he was, I would say, but um, but MVP was not. So no, I no. felt like they were drawing a pretty distinct separation between the two here. You know, MVP comes out at the beginning of the show and basically cuts a pretty, you know, standard heel promo that he would typically cut. And lastly, really was, I think, going along with it. I thought, you know, the segment had a lot of booze to start off. But um, slowly, and Lashley, you know, they, they put the blame on MVP for getting involved without Lashley wanting him to. And then uh, Lashley even kind of, you know, throwing MVP into the fire here by challenging on his behalf a match with a, or, or some interaction with him and Big E. So, um, 
it, it, it's a bit more of a slow burn, I would say, for Lashley turning. But, you, you know, we definitely know the direction. And this was a fine setup for the main event. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a if it's a, a strength or a weakness, but going into tonight's show, like we have in this company, like we are doing breakups of Heyman and Reigns. We're teasing stuff with Lashley and MVP, with AJ and Omos. We were doing something with Miz and Maurice, but that got rectified. And uh, and I guess Rhea Ripley and Nikki, Nikki Cross. So we, we are doing a lot of uh, tandems uh, with unresolved issues. I mean, you know, it's... It's the new year. Again, you time to end, reassess your relationships, see if they're working out or not. And then January 1st, you start brand new, right? So now, now is the time. Yeah. Bianca Belair is asked about tonight's match with Dewdrop that is being promoted as the final chapter. Do you mm. remember chapter one two weeks ago? If I had to think hard enough, I think I would. Sure. Yeah. Well, she says that. Dewdrop takes her frustrations out on her, but I just stay in my lane. And they have one final match to learn that Belair can never be taken out. Owens and Rollins are in the back. Sorry, what? To learn that Belair can never be taken out? Yes, she said. Oh, okay. When is Dewdrop going to learn that you can't take me out? Mm. Well, she didn't learn the second time. Huh? Why would she learn the third time? You know? Well, I, I, I mean, this is this chapter, this book has been very one-sided. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, Dewdrop needs uh, needs something here. A good book has like you know like peaks and valleys. Like you, you, you <laughs> buy somebody, one. you buy somebody's autobiography. You want to learn about their tough times. You know, you want to learn about like I don't know, painful loss. Um, you don't just want to see somebody gloat for like you know, three chapters. On the day I was born, I was perfect, and it just got better. That's the Owens. Story. Owens is telling Rollins uh, that they need to try and take out Lashley again. And Owens says, I've known him since 2004. And he's like a super jacked up version of Benjamin Button that does not age. Did Owens really know this guy in 2004? I don't know. Maybe you met him backstage as a fan or something. I don't know. Maybe they they met Lashley at a UWA show. St. John's Hall. I don't think Bobby Lashley ever ever made it up for uh, the St. John's Hall circuit run. Uh, Pierce and DeVille overhear them and want to make, quote, one of the most interesting tag matches in the history of Raw. And they... Why even add that line? Like, honestly, am... you, like, you're just asking for, for criticism on a wrestling podcast. One of the most interesting tag matches in the history of Raw. Uh, yes, 29 years... It's going to be Bobby Lashley and Big E against Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens. Because sure. you see, all four are in the match at day one, and they will have a tag match with the four parts broken up into two teams. I, it doesn't even scratch the surface of what I would consider to be interesting. Like, it's it's the opposite of what what I would consider interesting. You know, I would contend to say that maybe one of the least interesting matches in the history of Raw. Well, before we uh, dive into that, we have the final chapter. Bianca Belair, Dewdrop. Corey Graves gives us the latest uh, in the ongoing uh, WWE um, chemistry that is momentum. And notes, it's not just about acquiring momentum. It's also what you do with that momentum. Okay. 
So that's a what lesson. What do you do with it? What do people do with it? Typically? That, that's that's for another chapter down the road. He is this is Yoda here giving us the insight. They get momentum, and they and you've got to use it properly. Right. So that explains why sometimes people win feuds and they just end up not being on TV for like weeks. D- didn't utilize their momentum correctly. Yeah. Like okay. Dana Brooke won the twenty four seven title, but the momentum has worked severely mm. against her. Well, she's on TV. She's doing great stuff. I don't know if that's the sign of success, just being on TV. Akira Tozawa is on TV every week. I don't know if I'm looking back and um, he's going to just um, look back at the man. Prime of my life was uh, that ninja run. He wasn't a ninja today. He was an elf. That's right. That's right. So they had their match. I I think these two have like a a pretty nice chemistry with, with, with one another. Um, Bel Air was, uh, she, she got out of the way of, I guess, Dewdrop was going for this Vader bomb. It more resembled like a missed bonsai drop. And then got, uh, she came back, hit a cannonball. Bel Air lands a high cross and a handspring moonsault. And Bel Air uh, is shocked that Dewdrop kicked out of this handspring moonsault. Um, I would say she registered a three on the Ruby Soho scale of shock. What's Ruby Soho then? Like a hundred <laughs> that that to me is the new barometer of the the shocked face look it is just going to be the ruby soho scale that we balance everyone against i mean i i i don't know if it was intentional or not but that certainly surfaced as a meme rather yes, quickly it did it like did. i i just had to search ruby soho afterwards and it just <laughs> popped up like right afterwards uh, Vince has tough competition. Uh, Dewdrop lands a sit-out power bomb, but doesn't go for the cover. Misses a Vader bomb, and then Bel Air powers up Dewdrop, and it was like she was really kind of at the beginning struggling, which I think made it more uh, visually impressive. And this this crowd, and believe me, I, I take some of these reactions more with a grain of salt uh, as I'm like watching the crowd more often now. Um, but they seem very loud here for this ending uh, where she hit the KOD and got the pinfall. And they found this dude in a John Cena shirt who was just in awe of what he was seeing here at the Fisser Forum. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, we, we kind of knew what this whole feed was leading up to. I mean, it was a spot that they teased. And Th- this they, is exactly what happened last week. There was nothing that she didn't accomplish last week that she didn't now. But now it's that momentum. Wait, did she hit the KOD last week? She won with the KOD last week. She did? Yes. You're kidding me. Yes, we reviewed it. (laughs) Never mind then. (laughs) She won by by count out when Dewdrop walked out on the match. Then they had the match last week and won with the... She did the KOD. She actually did the move because I thought like she escaped. I thought... thought, uh, 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 What is it? Uh, uh, Dewdrop escaped it. You're going to consult your notes. I'm pulling up my notes from last week, okay? I I don't want to get dead wronged here. Um, Michinoku driver onto Bel Air, mocks her, Saito suplex, Vader bomb stopped. Bel Air slams her off the turnbuckle with a power bomb, and she hit a 450 splash. So I am incorrect. She won with the 450. I'm so glad you corrected yourself. Yes. Okay, so how does that change your assessment of this uh, program, this story? It's huge. It's huge because thus this this chapter was, was worth writing. <laughs> well, either way, <laughs> like it's... The, the, to me, the whole feud was crafted simply for this spot, and you know, um, it it's a it's a legitimately impressive feat, you know, just like what's John Cena uh, fuing the Big Show, 
or even Brock Lesnar FUing the big show, it when you actually see somebody do their finisher and have it look so good to somebody that's, you know, considerably considerably larger than your usual opponent, it's a big reaction. I don't know if we needed three of the same matches with the same result to get to the spot, but Whatever they did do it, and they finally pulled the trigger here. It got a good reaction. It was a good, it was a good visual. Crowd, crowd got into it, so whatever. It was a fine match, too, so uh, I'm not going to complain. It was fun, yeah. Uh, and ultimately, this is just a way to carry Bianca Belair to the next month by giving, keeping her hot enough with you know an impressive opponent to beat. And I guess I just wish we had more variety in between, you know. And I wish we had a better story, especially for uh, uh, Dewdrop here, who just kind of turned heel very abruptly and I don't know how much she necessarily leaves the feud with. So, um, yeah, whatever. Like it, we made, they made some TV for three weeks. Austin theory is asked by Kevin Patrick about his match with Finn Balor. And he talks about hanging out with Vince McMahon and Vince sees promise in him and a future WWE champion. That takes us to Finn Balor and Austin theory. Jimmy Smith notes that young lions rule the jungle. Old lions become food. Mm-hmm. What an analogy. So Austin's in control. Lot of long, lengthy rear chin locks uh, exhibited by one Austin theory. Balor comes back, flying forearm, double stomp, then a Kamagiri from the apron, and Balor goes to the top and is stopped when Austin theory leaps up into a split-legged one-man Spanish fly and hits it but then nearly gets rolled up in the process, kicks out, ATL gets countered, and then shotgun dropkick, coup de grace, and Finn Balor pins Austin Theory. He decided to to take a selfie after the Spanish fly, and that's what that was his undoing, you know? You live by the selfie, you um, nearly get rolled up by the selfie. Yeah, yeah. I thought these two looked pretty good together, you know, for, for the time that they were given. Um, and it's, it was just to set up, um, a rematch, the the new chapter, the next chapter in this story. Exactly. This book just began. Um, yeah, I, 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 I thought, I thought Vin Balor looked good. Austin theory is, you know, he had like the nice spot there. So like, even in losing, he had like this impressive spot and ultimately this program is built for theory, not for Balor. Oh, it's much like NXT. You know, you have your veterans there to mentor the young, younger person. And it's, in this case, it's Finn Balor in the mentor role. The young lion. The Miz and Omos are chatting backstage. And Omos has apparently just told the Miz everything here. AJ walks in and just reiterates that we're on the same page. And Omos is looking skeptical. Miz TV. Miz uh, addresses Maurice first, stating he loves her, and if you love me and our family, you won't speak publicly about us on the cutting edge tonight. He says his guests tonight are more combustible than Urban Meyer and his former coaching staff as he welcomes AJ Styles and Omos. AJ notes that he and Omos did get off the rails, but now we're back on the same page. Omos is good enough to win the tag titles by himself. Don't know how that quite works. And wants to win all the titles with Omos. But Miz has heard otherwise. And AJ asks Miz what kind of man puts his mo- the mother of his children into harm's way. And Miz says, you're deflecting. Omos feels much differently than you do. And Miz was confided in, saying that Omos is sick of carrying AJ. He does not need AJ. You're holding him back. It took AJ 15 years to get to WWE, whereas this company begged 
Omos to come. He's not the next Andre the Giant. He's the first Omos. And AJ asks, asks Omos to tell him what is going on. But the Mysterios broke up the answer and came out interrupting for, for no good reason here. And we were left at the edge of our seat to find out what is going on with Omos. Mm-hmm. Well, they're probably just sick of waiting in the back. Come on. We we were supposed to have five minutes. We've been cut down to two and a half. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, last week, like, or was it two weeks ago now? Where it was like, last we saw with uh, with Omas and Angie, they were like, hey, let's give this one more shot. You know, it's kind of like the couple that had a big fight, talked about breaking up, and then... I, I was hoping they would hold off at least one more week so that they could do the Brett Owen promo together about how they got together over the Christmas holidays. Oh, that would have been great. And now we're yeah. going to go for the tag titles against the Quebecers. Yeah, I kind of feel bad. Like, I mean, these two aren't going to have the holidays together now. Nope. Are they even going to exchange gifts? You know, they probably already bought gifts for the other. Or at least AJ probably bought a gift for Omos. But who's he going to give it to now? Can't give it to him now. Gift receipt. Well, maybe they'll get back together after this. Well, first they took on the Mysterios, and they note that AJ is going to be on NXT tomorrow night after uh, Grayson Waller put out this like video the, the day before making fun of his hair. So AJ is going to be on NXT tomorrow night. Very just out of left field and kind of an odd pairing here with Waller. Yeah, it just seemed like something that was cooked up over the weekend and... um. Uh, you know, not not much of a big deal made out of this. I I don't know if they even put it in the promos. Maybe it wasn't even. It wasn't in the promos. Yeah, if it didn't feel like any, like you would think you would make a bigger deal out of that. If you weren't even paying attention, you might have missed us on Raw tonight. Hmm. Yeah. So okay. Sure. Uh, th- this was short. Um, Styles got tagged in with Ray, and as he went to go tag Omos, Omos ignored him, and Ray wins with the roll up, the twenty four seven pin. In two minutes, 26 seconds, AJ asks, is this how it's going to be? I never should have taken you under my wing because you're a piece of trash. (laughs) And they start fighting. AJ gets pushed down. He goes for the phenomenal forearm and is caught by the throat. And Omos just puts him on his shoulders, dumps him on the mat. And Omos looks over him and says, next time you see me, it will be in a match against you. And Omos walks away, and AJ is like, a one-week build? Are you out of your mind? When I'm in my hometown uh, at day one, who's booking this? Well, uh, you but- know what? I mean, AJ know what's, knows what's going to happen. They're going to be involved in some sort of finish. It could be any sort of finish, and then there's going to be an attack afterwards, and then we're going to get the rematch, aren't we? He knows. He knows. He's, he's been around the block here in, yeah. in this company. So, yeah, they're, they're doing this next week in Detroit. Well, right. So, I mean, I'm I'm happy that we're going to get AJ Styles back as a babyface. Um, I certainly don't expect him to, you know, look like the AJ Styles of old in terms of booking against Omos. I mean, you know, this could be a very quick match with the way that they've been portraying both characters in their tag team. I'll also say, like, I feel like the Omos turn has been pretty abrupt. You know, like, we've seen, and like, throughout their entire run, it's it's been AJ that's been taking all the pinfalls. He's the incompetent one. Omos is the, the world beater, but... At no point did I feel like Omos was dissatisfied with that, you know, um, partnership until this this month where I guess they lost the championships. But we never really kind of saw like the frustration on Omos's face until 
what feels like this this month where they decided, okay, we should probably break them up and let's kind of fabricate this little dissension between the two. It's certainly been sped up, but at, at the same time, you did have to get to this. And I would guess with, with Omos, it's they probably want to have him kind of breaking out in time for the Rumble. Like he probably is going to be a very prominent figure in the Rumble this year. And it's it's probably time to to end this team. Oh, I don't, I don't, I don't disagree with the timing. It, it's just I, I feel like you put a team together for this long. I think the potential to actually create a bit of drama for the breakup could have been maximized. Yeah, certainly, certainly, it's it's come together very, very short. And yeah, if if this had been you know uh, the result of like a eight week story, yeah, I, I think that that would have uh, like tonight's angle sh- that that should have been. Like that's a almost a year in the making. Like that should be this huge part of the show, and I don't think it was received that way. Hmm. Austin Theory goes up to Vince's office, but he's too nervous. He leaves, and he's got a plan. Randy Orton and Chad Gable. Um, they had as good a three minute match as as they were going to have here. Uh, deep arm drags by Gable, and then Orton breaks free, sends Gable out, tries to catch him with the draping DDT, but it's countered. And then Gable goes for another arm drag. Orton fakes him out and then on the follow-up catches him with the RKO. So the arm drags did Gable in as he was outsmarted by Randy. Two minutes and 58 seconds. I wish these two had a little bit more time because I think they would have had um, a great match even if they had gotten like eight or nine minutes. But this was so quick. For a three-minute match, yeah, I thought it was pretty good. I like the fact that they're giving Gable more of a chance to wrestle. They're actually booking and portraying the character as if, you know, he's he's actually competent now. He's he's technically very impressive in ring. They allow him to do some really fancy stuff. Even here, I think, at least for an early portion of the match, getting the better of Randy Orton, which I don't think he would have been booked to do when he was Shorty G or, you know, just, I don't know, a bit of a jokey character. Um, but ultimately, he is the setup guy here, though, for Otis. Yes, so this was uh, the battle of uh, Shorten. Shorten, okay. Hmm. Otis runs in. Let's move on. He blocks multiple RKOs using his strength and sends Randy to the floor with the question asked, can Randy hit the RKO on Otis? I like it. It's super simple. I mean, it's almost like cartoon-like how simple it is. You know, here's the guy with the finisher that kills everybody including the Olympian, and he can't hit it on this guy with, first of all, no neck. There's nothing to grab onto, you know, like there's nothing to hook onto, I should say. He can grab on, but it's just like he'll just slip out. And and then the base, it, I think it makes total sense, and I like the way that they're pushing Otis here. This is like perfect, perfect setup for like a, a match next week on TV with something that Randy Orton is like, you'll pop if he hits the RKO. It's like he's achieved something if he does this. I almost don't want him to. Like, in a perfect world, I don't think he ever hits Otis with the RKO until maybe, like, in 10, ten years. I, I find, it, like, they're still doing this uh, this RK Bronament, which they, they brought up once in passing. Um, but they never, they did not plug that match for next week, which they originally said would be on the 27th with the Mysterios and the Street Profits. So I don't know what the status of that match is. But... I would find it way more interesting if you just hold it off and let Otis and Gable get the next uh, title shot. You've done something here to at least have some some more interest in this program. Yeah, yeah. Because like, what what can Randy do? I guess he'll have to come up with a clever way to catch Otis off guard. You know. 
Yeah, For me, me. I'm more interested though, because like, I feel like um, he would have to give Otis a neck to grab onto. How can you like? Uh, <laughs> how do you artificially give somebody a neck, or at least some sort of like, you know, gripping device around that area? Um. I don't know. Um, I haven't given as much thought to this, but this is um, this is something they really have there. They're working out for them. Tie like a belt around him. Uh, a collar. Okay, yeah, maybe maybe he'll make the mistake of wearing a dog collar to the match next week. That would be a bad bad mistake well, on Otis's watch part. out for those dog collars. Yeah, maybe Braun Breaker will give him something for Christmas. Lashley and MVP are in the locker room. Lashley says he can't trust Big E, but he's going to beat the hell out of Rollins and Owens. And he'll do the same if Big E looks at him the wrong way. And MVP asks him, earlier tonight, you were just setting a trap, right? So MVP believes that the plan was Lashley was going to throw MVP in with Big E to lure Rollins and Owens, who beat the shit out of Lashley, uh, before they made their comeback, which... I don't know if it's the best plan, but that's what MVP is clinging to rather than the idea that Lashley was just going to sacrifice his manager. And Bobby just said, I need some water, um, instructing MVP to go find him some. I I always like these. Uh, you know, anytime I think there are certain performers when you see them on screen, you know that they're putting a, a certain level of editing to make their segments seem believable. And at least, you know, a little a bit of a step above, I think, your typical I don't know, um, again, cartoonish type of backstage segment. And that includes certainly somebody like MVP who, you know, made this segment very logical. That includes somebody like Edge, who I think, you know, we'll see have, you know, has probably had a, a good hand in in crafting their segments to feel like they're above your typical wrestling trope. So um, I like the level of thinking here that they tried to convey. Yeah, I just, you know, and maybe it's a sign like with Lashley being presented more as this baby face. I mean, that really doesn't lend itself to having a heel mouthpiece, but I, I would hate to see these two separated. I think they're so much stronger together uh, mm-hmm. th- than apart. But um, I, I also like it's it's such a similar story to what you're doing with Heyman on the other show. And in both cases, I think that the acts are so much stronger than uh, breaking up either side. It's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll see how the Heyman story unfolds because, like, I mean, we'll save this for SmackDown mainly. But, like, th- like, does he go with even Brock? Because it seems like Brock's off on his own now. So it's not a great he's... role to be like babyface manager. Like, there isn't there isn't a whole lot of um, it's not a whole lot of room for for a character like that. Like, that was the whole idea. The, the first time they broke up Heyman and Brock was when they were ready to turn Brock babyface. Like, you really you really don't need a manager at, at that point. Um, and, and I would also say, like, I don't, I don't want to see like a bunch of these teased breakups that just are the Maurice swerve at the end of it. I think that just kind of waters down, da- water down your angles when you're constantly teasing stuff that is just, oh, it was a swerve in the end. Right. Reggie and Dana were at the indoor holiday light show in Milwaukee earlier today. Um, indoor holiday light show in Milwaukee. Does that not sound like no thank you? Why? Why do well, you want to go indoor? An indoor holiday light show. Um, I don't know to avoid bad bad weather. Um, and also so you can go during the daytime, you know, when it's light out. Okay, but this thing looked like shit, this dude. These were like 
they weren't like uh, any kind of like they were just. It looked like a tacky like mall. Yeah, I can go to any shop. I can go to a Canadian Tire and see their like Christmas tree display and be just as impressed. This is I wouldn't pay money to go to this. No variation of lights. It's just all kind of uniform color. It looked very dull. Um, Tozawa's dressed as an elf. Tamina appears. Um, they try to sneak sneak up on Dana Brooke as they're talking to R Truth, who is Santa. And Tamina tries to pin Dana, fails, and they fight throughout the light show. And they run off. Uh, Dana and Reggie run off. Tamina's pissed with Truth and Tozawa. Yeah, I'm sure. Like whatever intern looked up the classifieds and saw, like, hey, where can we do do a 24 segment? seven segment this this week like they saw oh indoor christmas light show okay this will look good on tv and then vince kevin dunn approve it they go there there's no obstacles for them to jump off at all the only thing that like you had any sort of jumping required for was a bench and they just had like dana and reggie jump off over a bench as your very impressive feat for the show. So this was a disappointing 24 segment. I mean, they all are, but this one I thought was especially shitty, especially when you have Christmas. That's like, um, I don't know. It just could be so much more interesting. So uh, these are just awful. They're they so, should have so gone. Bad. They should have gone to a big, like a uh, toboggan, like uh, go, go down a hill oh, or yeah. something on a toboggan or something. Sure. Yeah. Magic carpet. Yeah. Do that. You could do that. Yeah, so the worst part is, so the, the the only interesting visual thing I would say was, like, the strands of lights that hung from the ceiling, you know? Like, they had, like, a whole forest of lights. And for no reason but to, like, do something interesting visually, they had Dana bring Tamina in to fight in the lights. Yeah. And because that in itself looks so lame in person, of course they have to do shaky cam to, like, create action. You know, to make these long, these strands of lights look interesting. <laughs> it's just like, it was a bad idea from the get-go. Um, and when they got there and decided to go ahead with it, I mean, this is what you get. It's just, it's, it's shit. Well, it was a, it was a night, holiday. In, I want to actually like look this up in Milwaukee to see like, what, what would you pay to get into this thing? Nothing. I think the no... The Noel Indoor Light Park and Christmas Market. That might be yeah. what this is. West Alice, Wisconsin. Is it free? I doubt it's free, but it could be. I don't know. Okay. I'm, I'm spending too much time on this. Let's move on. Because we have a championship contenders match. Damian Priest and Dolph Ziggler. Rude's in the corner. Uh, Corey Graves summed up these championship contenders matches, saying they generally mean that you jump the line and get a title shot. Generally. Priest just stopped on what top. line? There's a line for this title? Are you kidding me? It's it's sometimes an invisible line. It sometimes wraps around the 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 entire building and you kind of lose your spot in line if you're not paying attention or you're um Fine. winning too many non-title matches. So, jumping DDT by Ziggler, Priest fights back. Uh Ziggler tries to superplex again, but Priest is uh, too smart to have that Happened to him a second time. Rude then hits him and drops him onto the floor. And Damian Priest snaps. And he stalks Rude, who had the lamest trip over these steps, as he had to look where he was going and then just the the most light fall over these steps. Uh, Priest attacks him on the floor, and he's not paying attention. He's counted out. 
and he's drilling Rude with knees. He re-enters the ring. Dolph hits him with something and then just runs away. And Rude remains and gets hit with the reckoning on the floor. Yeah, so uh, so Dolph wins. He skips the line, gets a shot, and um, we got another appearance from the Damien here. Damien right. was spotted, and he will be... Oh, my God. Okay. The the website for this thing is so much more... It looks so much better than what we just saw on Raw. You're still looking. Wow, okay. Everyone, go see? go to noelmike.com. And this thing just... Uh, Noel Mike? It's... Uh, I spell Mike. M-I-K-E. Oh, sorry, sorry, no. M-M-K-E.com. Sorry. Noelmke.com. Wow. Why did yeah. they fight through this? This this is where they should have had the match. Honestly, I don't know if it would have looked any better. But I could um, see it if they went to this site. Oh, dude. Family of two, okay? Two adults, three children, 60 bucks to get into this thing. Adults, 18 to 64. Uh, 20, 20 is not too bad. $20? So how many tickets did they have to buy to get the, this 24-7 crew here? They say, hey, we'll, we'll mention this on the air. Big plug. And uh, there'll be at least one podcast that will give you plenty of promotion for yeah. uh, their their Milwaukee area listeners. We're really the suckers. You know what? Looking at this map, I guess I can understand why they were so they had to like fit everything there. Because like there's there's an area here called Santa's Playground with like swing sets. There's a, there are teeter totters there that I think would have worked a whole lot better for this twenty four seven segment. But I'm assuming they didn't want to kick the kids out of there. So they're probably just stuck with this flat ground bench area Wednesday is date night at this thing oh that's when Reggie and uh, Dana should have went actually they should have gone there's a, they're also doing a Festivus event on Thursday I think they should have fought in the in the nativity scene <laughs> that's well, where Tazawa and Truth should have posed who one of them could have been baby Jesus well Okay. Uh, a, a lot, a lot was left on the table at the Noel Light Park and Christmas Market open weekdays. Yeah, it looks all right actually. Yeah. So. All right. <laughs> hey, it looks it's very appealing to the eye. Kevin Patrick spoke with Finn Balor. He's really satisfied with his Austin Theory win, but then he gets attacked by Austin and has run into the equipment, and then uh, a hurricane came to check on his on his health. There was a rundown of the top 10 Instagram photos of the week. And that takes us to the main event of the program. Vince McMahon seated at his desk writing on lined paper with his pencil. And it was, uh, he had not written too much. So this, he was um, just scratching his thought process. When Austin Theory walks in and explains what he did to Finn Balor because God knows Vince is not watching, so he had to inform him what he did, and he attacked him in a cold and vicious way. Now, I'm going to put a disclaimer here. This is what I think was said. I cannot, for the life of me, and I have I have taken notes on every single person, at times transcribed. Vince McMahon, it is impossible to hear what this guy is saying. It's so I, difficult. I totally agree. I'm... I'm- I don't know if I just, like, it was my TV. Like, do I have to turn up the treble on my TV? Do I just have my, the wrong setting on my TV? I rewind uh, these so often just to try and hear, and I can't do it. I'm watching these segments, like, three times. He just mumbles, and 
says something about, I enjoyed that, blah, 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 chocolate pudding. Yeah, I don't know if that one's making the, the 193 uh, John Pollock impressions uh, compilation. Yeah, RIP the Vince McMahon impression. God damn, this is like, God, God damn. Like, it, does, it just doesn't sound the same. This is just like register. incoherent ramblings about pudding. He says, you still lost the match. He's going to give him a rematch next week. You don't become a billionaire with bad investments. I hope I'm not making a bad investment. And then he turns his pencil around. He like violently erases what he has written on his piece of paper and then tears the page. This is like a, an average Monday at six o'clock PM and then blows the like shavings at Austin theory before <laughs> proclaiming ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. Dude, these these are like the ramblings of a madman on TV. Yeah, I don't, I don't even know what sort of meme, like what sort of emotion would you even convey? With, I, with uh, you're right. You're right. They don't make any sense. These are just so bizarre to watch that if this wasn't Vince McMahon, um, there would be absolutely... Well, this guy would be fired. Are you kidding me? You think this guy would get the call up from NXT? Hell no. No way. This guy wouldn't even pass the tryout. Like, like, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is sad to watch what what was like a tremendous performer at one one time. And he is just he is not like this is not a captivating character. This is these are just like meanderings. Um, well, it seems like he is self-aware, though. Like, I mean, there's a reason why he hasn't been on TV for so long. I think he he himself sees that, you know, this is not the performance he probably wants to give. Um, but I also th- th- think that there aren't enough people in the back editing him and telling him what to do because or speak up or pronounce pronounce yeah you're like this is like inaudible at, at times yeah yeah and it's a problem and, and unfortunately like yeah you're not going to tell the boss like hey uh speak up like <laughs> no one's saying that in the back so um unfortunately you're kind of left with with stuff like this that number one you can't hear but number two even just in story is either not compelling or only loosely makes sense so what was this here? Like, he was going to fire Theory, but because Theory managed to attack Balor, he's going to give him another chance, and he hopes it's not, it's not a bad investment. So then he blows Eraser Dust at him? Why? What was that? Because the Eraser is the most powerful weapon? Which is like... Like, not to say it's the most inside thing you can say on a wrestling program, but I think it is so, probably lost on half the people watching this. So the idea was that he was writing the, the matches for next week, right? And then he just erased... Wait, wait, he was writing his tasks for the next week, and he was going to fire Theory. <laughs> so then he erased fire Austin Theory and blew Eraser Dust instead, right? Yep. All right, cool. Compelling. Makes sense. The cutting well, edge was next. <laughs> these are like puzzles. Yeah, could you imagine just piling all these segments together, just watching them through? Edge welcomes Maurice and asks her how frustrating it must be to be married to the Miz. Maurice clarifies, I'm not here to be friends with you. I just want to speak on your platform because Miz will not let me speak on his. He is narcissistic and says it is a bit embarrassing because most people think that I have the perfect life. But behind this image is a human being. I love Mike. 
but I just want a thank you for all that I do. I take care of the house. I take care of the kids. I cook. I clean. I change diapers. I take care of our show. I do everything. The crowd is booing this and says that, Edge, you could have hurt me badly last week. I am a mother with two children. And if something happened to me, who would take care of my kids? And she's into tears. And Maurice asks, Edge, would you ever do this to your wife, Beth? And Edge is just sitting here. And every single person is watching this and saying, God, don't be the stupid baby face. And they were actually a step ahead here because Edge says, I'm sorry that your life is some sort of sad country song. I don't buy any of this. Cut the act. Everyone knows this is a plan to fuck with me. I I would never do this to Beth because I respect her. Now, where's the Miz? Where is he supposed to jump out from? And Miz tries to jump him from behind and gets caught. Maurice then slaps Edge, and he tries to fight off the skull-crushing finale, but is hit with it as Maurice just laughs, kisses the Miz, and they leave. I like this for several reasons. Number one is it was not... So one-sided that Edge just made this guy look like a total idiot. Like he did eventually lay out Edge. But at the same time, you didn't make your baby face look like a total idiot where half your audience knew where this was going. And I always hate when the baby face is like a step behind where the audience knows this is going. So I like the fact that um, he was not put into the role to be just the sap that falls for this story. I like the fact that the baby face here wasn't a step behind the people gathered around the ring. (laughs) <laughs> like Liv Morgan, <laughs> not seeing, <laughs> like, compare this to the Liv Morgan thing, okay? Liv Morgan has to walk into the ring, assume that this person wrestling was Becky Lynch simply because of the color of her hair. And then everybody's shouting, hey, Liv, behind you, and she's still not looking until it's too late. Like, it, the, the the level of, I think, um, I don't know, um... One one is one feels like it's a I don't know kids cartoon or like a comic strip that's you know made for like a five year old, and this at least has a level of sophistication attached to it. And I I do feel like a lot of it probably comes from Edge himself. You know I don't doubt that maybe a prior version of the script had things as we would expect in a wrestling show, um, but he is somebody who I think has a lot more respect for himself and also for the audience. And I think adding a bit of a layer here to the storytelling, I mean, ultimately just kind of makes us more engaged, especially longtime fans, especially young fans. You know, I think we have to give children a lot more credit than, than stuff like, you know, than, than them just simply buying into it. Like they can of course get into this. So this was a lot better than the usual. Mm -hmm. Was, was this whole plan for Ms. and Maurice, just to get in a skull-crushing finale on this guy this week? Like, was that the yeah. whole impetus? Because he, so. he was able to hit him with that last week. And he was like, let's let's have this plan. We'll do it again next week. Uh, it was just a chance to publicly embarrass him, I suppose. Yeah. You know, I, I maybe, maybe Ms. and Maurice actually had an argument last week, and then Maurice was like... Let's, uh, let's use this to our advantage. Yeah. yeah I oh. forgive you. And, yeah, I, I've really had no issue with like this buildup, and and I think they're going to have like a, a very good match at, at the pay per view. I think it, it will surprise some, but I I also see it a match that will probably get, um, like fifteen eighteen minutes. I think it's going to get a fair amount of time at the pay per view. 
I think it, it'll be Edge's biggest challenge to date, you know, on his comeback. Um, but I think he's done tremendous work so far. So, I, I mean, it could be among the Miz's better matches. Do you, like, this was, uh, you know, flat out name dropping Beth here. Um, oh, yeah. Do you, do you think that was, you know, with a with a specific purpose in mind? Yeah, that was probably the other main reason for this entire bit. You know, just introduce Beth's name. Veer Mahan is coming to Raw. Mm-hmm. Hold your breath. Rhea Ripley and Queen Zelina. Uh, Vega did her usual promo, breaking the accent, then the music would resume, as would the accent. So the story here is that uh, Rhea Ripley looked great here because Nikki Ash was nowhere in sight. She was in the back, and she stopped Vega's offense, stopped the superplex, and ate a knee, but then comes back, just grabs Zelina, riptide, two minutes and ten seconds, and they just note how dominant she was without Nikki Ash to screw things up. Yeah, really quick match, you know, but for the time that they had, I actually thought they looked pretty decent together. Um, but yeah, just a way to further the Nikki self-deprecating, self-confident story and also rehabbing Rhea a little, I suppose. Sarah Schreiber interviews Biggie and asks tonight, can you and Bobby Lashley and E cuts her off? Don't say the C word. It's not about coexisting. The C word, coexisting. Uh, Or being the best tag team. Tonight is about setting the tone for day one. So you you have momentum and you also have the tone to set. All these abstract uh, goals for performers to acquire. He must lay hands on Owens and Rollins tonight. And Lashley, if he appears and... Uh, or sorry, Lashley shows up here and asks uh, if he needs to be ready for MVP's Kane. Lashley says, I don't need his help. And E tells him to keep MVP in the back tonight, which he would. There would be no MVP out there. Liv Morgan is out with her wrist wrapped from the attack last week and holding her trusty kendo stick. She's uh, had a lot of uh, air miles this week. She could not let Becky get the upper hand after last week and mentioned how Becky said she would fly home to train So she replays the angle. But this is not just a replay of what you got to see online. We got to see, uh, this was like watching uh, the final like 20 minutes of Jackie Brown, where we got to watch this from Liv's perspective. And she walks into the gym and sees a redhead. (laughs) Walks towards the ring. She gets into the ring. And these students are like, no, uh, don't do that. And Liv is just standing there and standing there and then attacks this poor woman who is not Becky Lynch. And Liv is attacking this woman with the kendo stick when the real Becky appears and the students are just not getting too involved here. They're just kind of taking all of this in and ends up uh, with with cutaways were so bad, dude, like. They were just the worst. It's like wave your finger in disgust at what you are witnessing here. So this so, was shot at the uh, Black and Brave account. Yeah, yeah, we were assuming yeah, this was the PC, but yeah, obviously this was uh, looks to be uh, was done back in Iowa. So maybe for that reason, like I could pass, I can give them a pass because I don't know how much TV experience the people crowding the ring may have had. Because if this was the PC, like if people gave reactions like this, I don't, I don't think any of them would be called up. Like these, it was just some of the worst acting. But it was more so the editing decision to go to those cutaways that I think is is shocking. For me, it's like the the idea was fine. Yeah, go to the thing. Actually, the idea was terrible. Go to the thing and attack a red random redhead. 
But okay, whatever. It, 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 it kind of makes sense. I'm going to Becky Lynch's gym to attack her. That makes sense, sure. But I don't know why they decided to present it as like a POV of like somebody walking in. It felt like the opening of Terminator. Yeah, like, so, like, we actually see the cameraman open the door to walk in. Liv is not there, right? We're just, like, somehow the cameraman is sliding into the ring to get from inside the ring this random training session. And then we cut to Liv Morgan. Like, so we're, it's it's a combination of, like, what is supposed to feel like news or documentary. And then a movie, like, with 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 just really campy, again, cutaways and um, all your tropey kind of... <laughs> Don't turn around. Oh, turn around. Turn around. Turn around. And then, like, you know, the slow reacting and some wrestling, I think, looks especially bad when you're watching it that close. So, like, there's like a missed or a missed kendo stick shot that just felt like so, so much farther away than usual because we're watching it so close. Um, it, I just thought it was really awful and, um, more so on the production end of things than, than even like, you know, the concept. What, what, what I, what I hated the most was that I, I think with like a like the concept itself, I think if you had just changed so much of it around, number one is that whether you want to claim it's like, oh, it's 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 a comparison of AEW. The fact is you have a company that a lot of people watch and it is a staple of establishing why there is a camera there. And I think that's like a, a relevant um, question now that you're fan is going to have and this one was totally ridiculous whereas if you had done something where you had like say security footage of well, Lynch, they, they, they've done this they've done like cell phone footage exactly they have things. introduced it like they have given this level of thought in different s- scenarios but the idea of Liv showing up at the gym and she sees this redhead in, in at the evening leaving the gym to go to uh go to her car and Liv jumps this woman and then realizes it's not becky is at least a way more plausible way to get it across you could have like grainy footage of it and you could still i think accomplish the same thing but this one was just so overproduced with a thought that i think starts in a place where it's like okay this could be uh a a cool angle to do um mm-hmm. but was done in just such a way that i think just forced you to groan at the end of it yeah and why didn't these students do anything you know um, they've like, been oh, they've been yeah. taught by Seth. You never you never put your hands on a performer, especially after recent events. Yeah, okay, you're right. Which could also explain why Seth has a security camera outside his gym. You could tie this all together. Mm. Okay, all right. So Liv is stating, yes, Becky may have been a step ahead and had a student disguised at her. So they went even further that this was all a concocted plan. We're gonna have this woman training. 24 hours a day because at some point we know Liv is going to show up with a kendo stick to attack her and your back will be to the door forever. For every trip. Oh, Jesus Christ. I just dropped the glass. Oh, I got so animated here. There was no broken (laughs) glass. Did you hear that? Okay. Yeah. That could have been tragic. That fell right onto the... like a catastrophe. My God. It was a... That was, was like, the ghost of Liv Morgan. It was. Reprimanding you. Yes. So, yes, this was Becky's plan. This was a plan all along to dupe Liv with this stand-in. Okay, let's try to make sense of this, okay? I'm guessing somebody, there was an informant or, or working on behalf of Seth and, and Becky that, you know, called 
called uh, Liv to give her the tip. Hey, Becky's training right now. You should probably come in. Bet you it was a. Uh, okay, Liv doesn't live in Iowa, so she well, had to like. They're touring. They're touring. They're they're in the town. It's like three hour drive from um, Milwaukee. They were okay. in the vicinity. Okay. 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 That's yeah. So hop in the car three hours. So, hey, like hey, uh, you know this is an anonymous tip, Liv Morgan. Uh, Becky Lynch is training at the Black and Brave Academy at this time. You should probably go there. Um. They sell kendo sticks at this martial arts supply store. Okay. You can go and pick up one. She shows up. And then maybe that's when... Where does the camera come in? Well, well, Liv is... This is Liv's footage, right? Is that what... We are literally from, like, her perspective. This isn't someone shooting Liv when she walks into the gym. But then it switches over to third person. She hired a crew. Okay. Who was All able right. to just set up that like uh, a whole other area of security that they were able to breach to get a camera crew in here, okay? With lighting and everything. Okay, possible. This, this, Makes this sense. Is, this is way um, overthinking. I think um, what could have been a very simple angle. That's my Maybe. that's my conclusion here. Uh, so Liv says that she had a student disguised at her. And I didn't want to attack an innocent woman, but she laughs thinking about that being Becky. And Becky did not care about sacrificing one of her students. Becky is the is the villain here that sacrificed a woman to get attacked by this kendo stick. And she knows that Becky will cheat to win, and she welcomes it. You can try to break my arm. I'm going to break your face. So Becky comes out and explains that students know they need to pay their dues. Becky will prove that her luck will run out at day one and acknowledges that Liv has stepped up, but it gets hot under those lights, and I don't think you can handle the heat. Liv will not back down. She is not scared. She's going to start the new year as the women's champion, and I'm, I'm just fine under this spotlight, and challenges her to come to the ring, throws the kendo stick at Becky that she can use this kendo stick that she bought at a uh, martial arts store in Davenport and... Becky will not be insulted by this gesture and is lucky that she has a private jet to catch or else Liv would be renamed dead. Mm-hmm. Did she say that at the end? No, no. That's great. Cause I was like, wow, did I miss that. That's really good. <laughs> yeah. I think this was pretty bad all in all. I, I also feel like Liv Morgan does not come across very comfortable delivering any of this material at all. Um, she just, to me, doesn't play the, like the, you know, like angry vigilante very well. Uh, I, like, I don't think the kendo stick suits her at all. And her just even coming out and just kind of regurgitating these very scripted lines. Uh, I, I don't think she sounds very good delivering it, much less charismatic in, in trying to do it. So. And you also have Becky, again, still the most well-liked wrestler on the roster trying to play a heel. So there are many things to me that aren't really working. Um, but I don't know. Like, maybe maybe the the crowd likes Liv more than this after that. Or I, I'm not sure. Or maybe they can play a play a audio file to make it sound like that. They're they're building this. Like, they're, they're pushing this very hard. Um, I, I think Becky, like, she... She plays like a really good heel. It's just it's not a role that people are, I think, in 
until they have the, this baby face that connects in a big way. And they're obviously trying, trying with Liv. Um, they're, they're not all the way there. But I think that's, that's going to be the only way you get a real kind of emotional hatred towards uh, Becky Lynch. Because at the moment, I just don't think it's there for the vast amount of the, the audience out there. Well, she, Even though I, I think she does like a very good role and is trying to like lose face here in this segment and put as much steam on, Be- on Liv as possible. But she's more entertaining than Liv is. She's better at the job than Liv is. You know, and she can like, I don't know, talk trash, but it's not necessarily enough to sway the crowd to dislike her. Like she comes out and she already feels like the bigger star. There's I'm really not sure what she can do beyond, you know, having Liv just kind of really start to be a lot more. Well, better she, she sacrificed the student way. Yeah, that's badass. That's cool. Kevin Rollins, uh, Kevin Rollins, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins were in the back getting ready for the main event. And Owens was asking if they can KO exist and was coming up with T-shirt ideas for them. Next week in Detroit, we have four matches announced. AJ Styles against Omos, Randy Orton against Otis, Balor and Theory in the next chapter, and Damian Priest versus Dolph Ziggler for the U.S. title. All right, cool. Whole lineup for next week. Sure, it'll be great. Big E and Bobby Lashley against Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins. Our final match. Uh, Lashley shoulder tackles them on the floor, delivers a one-arm vertical suplex to Rollins, but then Rollins avoids the hurt lock, and there's chance of Bobby while Owens is in control. Owens uh, does the hip thrust towards Big E and then gives a suck it to the crowd. Big E gets the tag, belly to bellies, Uranagi to Owens. They go through two commercial breaks in this match. Lashley is tagged in, power slams Rollins, but then Owens makes the save. And as Owens becomes the legal man, Stunner gets countered. Lashley spears Owens and gets the pinfall. And Rollins hits the stomp, but this is well after the three count. And they tried to, like, protest like it was somehow a close save. Um if, if, if it was designed to be, it was way off. Um, so Lashley gets the win for his team. And then Rollins and Owens just beat the hell out of both men, sending Lashley into the steps, Big E into the steps. There's an apron bomb to Lashley, and it culminates with Lashley taking a stomp on the steps as Kevin Owens and Rollins shake hands and then do a big hug to end the show. Yeah, so Rollins and Owens are on the same page. Lashley and Big E are on the same side, not necessarily on the same page, but that'll create some tension leading to the match. Um, but, you know, it's a good match, sure. And then um, I guess it sets up Lashley's somewhat tweener role. So KO exists. Maybe it's, this is our new team. Mm, yeah. Collins. Collins. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, there was raw. I, I thought, you know, for, for a show, I, I actually did thought like for a bunch of matches just to set up for next week. Um, I thought this show benefited from having uh, like an idea of where we want to go for next week's show and mm-hmm. as well, having your programs for the pay-per-view, like you had two shows to build to and you got a lot less throwaway stuff on tonight's show because pretty much every segment had some purpose. You can argue how important it was, but it was a purpose like Otis and Randy is what we're building to next week. AJ and Omos is what we're building to even like the Ziggler priest match. It has a destination like everything tonight was not just 
other than Bel Air and Dewdrop, and they even tried to add something like this is the finality to this couple week program, and you get the visual of the KOD. So I thought it made for a much easier Raw to watch over three hours when you just have some destinations in place where this stuff doesn't feel like it's just spinning your wheels um, going in like rematch territory. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree that that there were uh, there was m- momentum, there was movement, there was purpose. I can't really say a lot of it was good. You know, I I do think like oh, man, like some of the stuff is just so bad. Like the Vince stuff to me really stands out. It's the, horrible. The it, it's it's some of the worst stuff on any program of professional wrestling is the these 20, Vince segments. The I think they're terrible. The twenty four seven stuff stands out. I think even this like really campy uh, Damian Priest stuff, it's fine. But like to frame it around a Dolph Ziggler uh, U.S. title build is not that interesting to me. Uh, what else we got? Omos and AJ, they're gonna break up, and that's fine. That's okay. Um, yeah, and then uh, I guess the rest is fine. I like the Edge and Miz stuff as usual, probably the most. What else was what else did I was good here? Okay, whatever. Like the main event, main event I think is in good shape. The Miz segment with uh, with Edge, you like that? I did, yeah, yeah. Hated the Liv Morgan Becky stuff. So uh, anyway, WWE Raw. Let's go to feedback forum.postwrestling.com. And we start off with Alexander from Portland. Good show tonight. I don't remember the last time so much was announced on Raw that actually happened. I can't believe Vince McMahon is on TV saying he likes to fire people after the summer of firings WWE had. Not only is it absolutely terrible taste, but are we supposed to feel sympathy for Austin Theory? Theory is attacking people backstage and after matches, obviously heel tactics, but being threatened with getting fired seems like it should babyface him. AJ and NXT should be interesting. Here's hoping he doesn't get delayed like Veer. Well, I think it's I think it's very much feels like just some one off that I don't know why it's happening, but it's uh, I don't think it's anything to it probably at most is just going to be a short like one off appearance. I don't know if you're supposed to feel sympathy for Austin Theory. I think, you know, the Vince stuff is really just there to, to give him motivation to attack Balor. That's kind of how I take it. Um, he's definitely not a good guy. We go to Jay from Colorado who says, I just want to comment on the Vince segment where he loudly bolstered, I enjoy firing people. I especially enjoy firing people before the holidays. I understand that Vince, yeah, I didn't even hear all of that. I understand that Vince is playing a character, but it feels incredibly tone deaf, especially when the Vince McMahon, when the real Vince fi- actually fired 200 people over the last few years and some of them in the last few months. And this during the, his most profitable years. It's hard enough to watch this show, but having Vince on on screen to remind us of what an awful human being he is in real life just makes me want to take a shower after watching it. I just don't understand what he's thinking. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's it's a completely terrible uh, kind of line to have anyone utter on, on this show. But I think if, if anything, it's it's hoping for that that kind of a reaction. If yeah. nothing else, do you think it was done maliciously on purpose, or was it just something he didn't even uh, they didn't even realize? I, I would I would imagine that in these Vince segments, um, it's it's totally carte blanche. It's obviously carte blanche that Vince McMahon has in his own segments, but I would I would imagine it's what's coming out of his mouth um, very much could just be what, what comes to mind with him. Uh, it seemed like this was also part of like a story. So it seems like that was a more concerted line to have in there. But as we've seen over the past while, when it comes to promos, 
it seems like it's totally fair game for them to go to, you know, these performers that have been let go if it's going to enhance one of our stories or just be a zinger to use in a promo. Like they they have shown no reluctance to bring up names of people who have been fired. And I think they feel it's uh, well within their right that they can use use names. And in this case, as a heel tactic for Vince McMahon to uh, uh, bring up real life firings for a well, fictional no. story. I mean, you know, to, just to play devil's advocate, like firing people is, is that's his catchphrase. Um, but even if, if that was the idea, hey, this is the Mr. McMahon character threatening to fire somebody. I mean, it is still very tone deaf. You know, with with the big some of the biggest stories of the year. I mean, you, you've never had mass firings to to this degree in the company's mm-hmm. history. So I think it's it's obviously going to hit a lot uh, different than when he was doing a catchphrase uh, twenty years ago when uh, releases were fairly few and far between. Right. All right. Thank you, everybody, for the feedback. So. We are going to be back. Way will be here Tuesday night live at 10 Eastern for all patrons at postwrestlingcafe.com with a review of Spider-Man No Way Home. Spoilers. It's going to be full of spoilers from the get-go, so don't hit play if you don't want to be spoiled. We're just going to tell you everything Man. for the first second. All right. Check that out on Tuesday night. I will be back with Way on Tuesday at 1 Eastern, youtube.com slash postwrestling. And then we've got Rewind to Dynamite on Wednesday night. A full slate of shows coming your way this week at Post Wrestling. Thanks to all of you in the Zoom room joining us live. And we will speak with you on Tuesday. <laughs>